Luke chapter 19 verses 1 to 5. And then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you would also have to imagine the slides, right? <laughs> to this. So um, I'm not sure what was there before, but you just have to imagine Zacchaeus on a tree or climbing. Okay? Praise God. Are we there? Are we there? Okay. I also, when I was preparing for this, also thought we could use um, that picture that circulated all through the week of our legislators climbing <laughs> different things to get into the National Assembly. But um, just to speak to that very quickly, we will see different interesting things happen in the next couple of months. And as Christians, our reaction needs to be more than just um, commentary. We need to do more than just uh, put it up on our DPs. And we need to do more than just cast an opinion or say an opinion about it. We need to, in the place of prayer, ensure that we are creating an environment where God can continue to do work in this country. Praise God. Praise God. So I repeat, we must continue in the place of prayer an environment where God can reach our people because we will see a lot of interesting things happening um, but God will take charge and God will do his will in Jesus mighty name so positioning for opportunities we've been speaking this month about problems opportunities and solutions problems opportunities and solutions and one thing we want to say this morning to us is about how you can be positioned for the opportunities that God will bring your way you can be positioned in such a way that blocks your view of opportunities and also blocks opportunities from locating you. It's very important that we understand this. So in our story, Jesus is in a particular city. He's going around and this gentleman named Zacchaeus has come to an awareness, right, that Jesus is, and he needs to have an encounter with Jesus. And the Bible speaks about the fact that Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. So he's not somebody, he's not in these early stages of his career, so to speak. He's an accomplished man. If you read the story further in Luke chapter 19, the Bible speaks about the fact that he then says at the time, look, if I've taken money from anyone, I will return. So he was also a man of substance. He didn't just say, I will return the money. He says, I will return the money in double. So he was a man of substance. He was a man who was very accomplished. But yet he got a sense that Jesus, that something about, um, something greater than where he was, was around him. And the Bible says that he sought for a position that will allow him encounter that opportunity. And that is what we want to speak about this morning. So, so positioning helps us find a window. When I, in the last couple of years, as I pray, and, and, and what happens is, so I have, you know, phrases that um, I would use in prayer, that I've learned to use in prayer. And when I think about opportunities or pray about opportunities, I pray about openings in space and in time. That's, that's me. It might not be grammatically correct, but it's openings, things that will allow God's will, my destiny to be. So when I say, I say, Lord, let there be openings in space and time for the fulfillment of your will for me this morning. And as we speak this month about, um, about problems, opportunities, 
and solutions. I believe that God is stirring people's hearts. There are things and pictures and visions that he's bringing your way. He's reminding you about setting dreams. He's reminding you about things which he has created you for. The Bible says that man has a sense of destiny, of eternity within his heart. God is reminding you of the things that he has created you for. Ephesians chapter 2, I think it's verse 10, says you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Okay, but he has prepared for you. So there are things God has prepared for. So I'd like us to just, you know, do something. Let's, um, if, if, you, if this will help you, I'd like you to, to close your eyes, if it will help you, if it will help one. I'd like us to think 10 years down the line, every single one of us, 10 years down the line in front of you, 10 years, 10 years. And what are the things that God has put in your heart? What are the things that must happen in your life 10 years down the line? So, you know, so it's 20, when 2014, so that's 2024. Okay, so yes, you will be taller, maybe you'll be a bit fatter, maybe you're slimmer, maybe you would have grown some more hair or lost some more hair. But what are the things that God has put in your heart? What is that enterprise? What is that dream? What is that vision? What is that that is walking across the corridors of your heart and your heart alone that you think and believe is from God? What is that opportunity? And, and, and I'd like you to begin to see. So I'd like you to, I'd like you to think of this in colors so or not just in black and white. I'd like you to think of this in more than just things that you would have. I'd like you to think of people that you will affect. I'd like you to think of schools that you will build. I'd like you to think businesses and enterprises that God will bring to pass. I, I know you might just be a student right now, but I'd like you to think. I'd like you to think. I'd like you to just think freely. I'd like you to think freely. Hallelujah. I'd like you to think free. I'll give you another 30 seconds to think about it. What are the things? So what is it that is, is of God that is moving in the neighborhood of your town, in your heart, in your mind? The things that you are even scared to think or to talk about to people. What are those things? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So my question to you as you know, we think about these different things is what tree are you climbing to fulfill or to position yourself for the things that you saw. So help me ask your neighbor, what tree are you climbing? Nudge them, ask them, what tree are you climbing? So what is your sycamore tree? The Bible says that Zacchaeus was, I mean, do you, I mean, let's, pause, let's think of this properly. So let's assume that we're somebody who is very popular and very wealthy in Nigeria, in Lagos today, and you see the man running on the street and then climbing a tree. People were not applauding Zacchaeus as he did. You don't think that people were going, oh, Zacchaeus, go on, you know, climb on. No, there are people who stopped and said, you see, I've always heard that riches make people mad. And this is clear proof. This is Zacchaeus on a tree. My point is, or my question is, what tree are we climbing? How are we positioning ourselves for the opportunities ahead? There are people here who there's some measure of success that you enjoy already, and we thank God for that. But for the next 10 years, for the next 20 years of your life, what tree are you climbing? So let me ask your other neighbor today, what tree are you climbing? Okay, so where do you need to be to gain greater visibility of your opportunities? Where do you need to be for your opportunities to see you? Okay, the Bible speaks about the fact that Zacchaeus was not very tall. So there were things that were crowding and blocking Zacchaeus from his opportunity. There were things that were blocking him from being able to see Jesus. I don't know what it is that constantly or currently blocks you from your opportunity. For some people, it might just be a lack of experience. For some people, it's just something that you don't know how to do yet. For some people, it's a skill that you don't have yet. For some people, it's um, just the passage of time. 
So what is your sycamore tree? I'd like you to ask your neighbor again, what is your sycamore tree? Okay, because God is coming your way. And, and I want to encourage somebody, what you saw, as we said, look, let's envision this. In 10 years, in 20 years, the Bible speaks about the fact that God is able to do what? Exceedingly abundantly, far above all that we can ask or what? At church, I can't hear you this morning that we can ask or what? Or imagine. So believe me, what you saw is the tip of the iceberg. Okay, what you saw is the, is the least that God will do. Praise God. Praise God. And for some people, you were, as, we, as I said, that you, were, you found it hard to conceive a dream. You found, it, you found yourself trying to restrain yourself from even dreaming about it. But did Zacchaeus think he would meet Jesus that day? No, he didn't. He actually, actually just wanted to get a view. He wanted to just see Jesus. But what happened was that as he went up that tree, okay, what happened? That Jesus saw him, says, look, make haste to come down. When you're making haste to come down from a tree, it's not a short tree, right? He went really high on that tree. Make haste to come down. He says, for today, I must stay in your house. So I want to quickly discuss with us this morning what positions must we take for the opportunities that God is bringing our way? What are the opportunities? And I'd like us to look at the life of Jesus. I think he gives us a perfect example in his life. Because one thing we are saying this morning or this month is that we are all solutions. And the ability to be a solution and to solve problems is tied to man's ability to be prosperous. Because there's no, God created us as human beings to solve problems. Praise God. He created us to solve problems. The guy who cuts your hair is solving a problem for you. He's, he's preventing you from going around town looking untidy. The guy who drives you around is solving a problem for you. And that is the reason why you then transmit or communicate value in payment to the person. Praise God. So what, as, as, we, as, we, as, we, as we think about this, the Bible speaks about Jesus. It says, for this reason was he made manifest that he may destroy the works of darkness. Jesus was the solution himself. He was the embodiment. And it is useful that we look at how he positioned himself for the opportunities that God will. I'd like us to read Luke chapter 2 and verse 41 to 52. Luke chapter 2, verse 41 to 52. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are we able to show the scriptures now? Amen. Are we? Praise God. So Luke chapter 2, I mean, and, and it will come up shortly. I can just tell you uh, the story, the background. is Jesus at the age of 12, he goes to um, um, the feast with his parents. And the Bible says that after the feast was over, that Jesus is going back home, or the parents are going back home, Okay. Um, and because they are in the company of family, they're in the company of, um, of friends, they actually thought that Jesus was with them. Praise God. Hallelujah. They thought that Jesus was with them. And then three days later, okay? So maybe, you know, what has happened in the first days that Joseph says to Mary, Where, where's Jesus? Eh, I think he's with his, his, his uncles. And by the second days, ah, where's Jesus? I think he's with his aunties. And then by, <laughs> by the third day, they realized that he was not with them. Okay, and uh, if you have children, that's when you break into, into all sorts of, you know, madness, and they start to ask everybody, "Where's well, just stop, stop, stop," and you know all the commotion, and they start to backtrack. Okay, praise God. And so the Bible says, now it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, but listening to them, and asking them questions. Let's go to the next verse, and 
And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Praise God. Multimedia, we want to read the next verse. Thank you. And so when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, at, look your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Praise God. But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Um, hallelujah. They did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. And what goes on next is the Bible says, look, um, Jesus then follows them and goes back home. And the Bible says something which is very significant in verse 52. And, then he, and says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. I'd like us to read that together as a church this morning. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. I'd like us to read it one more time. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So this is Jesus at age 12. Age 12. His parents have for some reason or the other, left him. They, they've forgotten that. And they come back, and he's not doing what 12-year-olds of his time are doing. He's not playing with Lego. He's not playing with uh, Game Boys or, or watching Cartoon Network. He's in the middle of the temple. And not only is he in the middle of the temple, the Bible says he's questioning and asking questions. He's interacting. He's, he's literally having a class on theology with the professors of the day. Right? So he's already shown great potential. It's obvious that this is not a normal person. But the Bible says he then goes back home. He says to his parents, look, why are you looking for me? You know, I must be about my father's business. And the Bible says that he goes back home with them. But the Bible says something in verse 52, which I believe gives us a framework for discussing positioning for opportunities. The Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and he grew in stature. So four things. And he says he found favor with God. He grew in wisdom and he grew in stature. I'd like you to ask your neighbor this morning, are you growing in wisdom? I'd like you to ask your other neighbor, are you growing in stature? <laughs> and I know some women would immediately say, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not growing in stature. But for us, it means more than just physical stature. Okay, so, so first thing, self-development. Self-development. So Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature. So I like to say this morning that knowledge and skill are two great sycamore trees that you must keep on climbing. Knowledge and skill. It was Abraham Lincoln who says, the older I get, the more I realize that there is but one wealth, one security on this earth, and that is found in the ability of a person to perform a task well, and the ability must start with knowledge. Okay, knowledge and knowledge and skill, knowledge and skill. A lot of us are where we are today because of the investment we have made in knowledge or in skill. So today you can earn a living, you can do things, you can there's certain opportunities that you can take hold of because of knowledge and because of skill. So I'd like to ask you, what knowledge is it? What tree of knowledge is it that you can be known as we speak today? Or have you stopped learning? I'd like to ask you, what knowledge of skill is it that you 
Now understand that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, but before he did that, the Bible records that at age 12, they were already marveling at his understanding. So he was already, he already knew stuff. So where have you stopped learning? Where have you stopped learning? Where have you stopped learning? Some of us have two degrees and think that that is the end of the world. So where have you stopped learning? Because we're talking about positioning for opportunity. So we say that, look, to position yourself for opportunities, you must both be a specialist in something and a generalist. So in your sphere of influence, your industry, there must be things that you know most things about. As in, there must be things that you are a specialist. You have come to a place of skill and understanding about, and you, are, you must also be able to understand the general things about your history. What is it that you think? Somebody says, oh, God has called me to oil. And we had a beautiful, wonderful talk, and an inspiring talk on Wednesday from um, a, a lady. And one of the things she kept on saying to us was the fact that when we talk about ah, oil and gas industry, is that such a broad term that it doesn't mean anything. Because there are sub-industries within it. And there are sub-services and sub-value chains within it. So what is it that you have become or are becoming a specialist at? What tree are you climbing? And yet there's an encouragement that you must know quite a lot about most things in that sphere. So even if it's ministry that God has called you to, what is it that you are a specialist in ministry or becoming a specialist in? If it is music, if it is art, what is it that you are becoming a specialist in? You read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, and he speaks about the 10,000 hour rule. And that is a rule which simply speaks about the fact that you create or become an expert by the investment of 10,000. I mean, by, by the time they look at how much time you've spent investing in that thing, it should be in the excess of 10,000 hours. Those of us who like to watch football, you realize that it is not on the football pitch that those players practice the things they do. Praise God. I mean, um, if you ever followed football, David Beckham, they would tell you the amount of time that he would spend in practice in those free kicks. When he just plays the ball, goes back, hits the thing, thing enters. If you think it's that easy, tomorrow take a football, go and try it. I've tried it before and I was injured for a while. I'm not joking. I tried to do one of those shots you hit with the outside of your foot and I, 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 I tore something in my leg. So what is it that you are investing time in? I bought a violin um, three years ago, I blackmailed my wife to buy one for me. Praise God. And, and um, because I always liked the whole concept of, you know, just the vibe, it just looked very classy and very nice. And I just thought, you know, if my neighbors disturbed me or annoyed me, I could play it and, you know, play it loud and also, praise God, affect the atmosphere in their house. And what struck me later was the amount of time that you need to spend. So when you see them playing, you just think it's just a violin, you just put it, just draw the thing down. It's a lie. You need to invest time and effort into becoming a specialist. So I'd like to ask you again, what is this tree that life today you are climbing? Where are you becoming a specialist then? And I don't know what it is. And it might be that as you are doing it, you've tried to do something or become a specialist in something and they have laughed at you. Like they probably would have laughed at Zacchaeus when he went up that sycamore tree that day. Because everybody was running towards Jesus. But he spent time, he took a position and went up. So what is that sycamore? I'd like you to help me ask your neighbor again. What is your sycamore tree? Okay? The next thing the Bible says is that he grew in favor with God. And I'd like to encourage you. There is something about your spiritual spoon that also positions you for opportunities. There is something about your spiritual disposition. We say that everything will rise and fall on the strength of your spirit. 
your spiritual life. You're doing spiritual you. It says, but cannot what? You cannot bear them yet. So there are opportunities that God will even love to show you now. But it's, it's, it, is, it, it is unlikely that you can bear it. Praise God. Praise God. I the fact that the Spirit is in infirmity. Read Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14. Okay, so what, what is it that is in your spirit? What is the state of your spirit? Your spirit right now. What is the state of your spirit? When the Bible re- talks, speak about, about Mary, when the Bible will speak about Sarah, it begins to speak about the fact that they received the strength to conceive. If I think of Sarah in Hebrews, it says she received strength to conceive. So some of us, uh, just like courageous, our spiritual state is holding us back from petitioning for Our spiritual state is holding us back from positioning for certain opportunities. And as Christians, we must realize that one of the greatest investments we take in our destiny is prayer. In fact, that since have not heard what God has said, have not entered into the heart of any man, what God has prepared for those that love him. How about the next verse then says, it says, but the spirit of God gives these things to us. So for some of us, the reason why we have not come into certain opportunities is because we have not invested time walking with the spirit. How much time do you spend praying? And it's not just a factor of time. It's not a competition. But again, it's about investment. Praying in the spirit especially is, is, is fantastic. What happens when you pray in the spirit? The Bible says that the spirit of him who searches the deep reveals things to us. Praise God. So let me ask your neighbor, how's your prayer life? <laughs> how, how, how's your prayer life? Are you, are you praying? Are you, are you praying? I mean, not them, not them. Are you praying? Because, because it, is, it is your spirit that forms the backbone of your ability to position for opportunity. If you've been a Christian for a while, there's certain things which you know you can say, right? There's certain verses which become easy to, to, to quote, you know? All things are good. They're more like perfect law, motivational phrase. We can just say it very quickly. When they ask you, how are you doing? It is well. It is well. <laughs> Praise God. But your spirit, how are you doing spiritually? So God says just he, he grew in wisdom and the found favor before God and then before man. So the third thing I'd like to point out this morning is the development of relational and social skills. Twelve. And the Pharisees and, and the, the, the rulers of those days, the guys who were the priests of those days, were very, very, very big on hierarchy and prosperity. Proverbs chapter 13 and 20, that he who walks with the wise will be wise. So my question is, how are you developing yourself socially? Because God will use our mentors to position us for opportunities. God will use our mentors. So the Bible says that even though that Jesus had displayed such great skills, such answering questions, at a, still back with it. And there's some of us who are not so far in the manifestation of what God has called us to. And we cannot name one person on this day who is as you, like my, my own man. I like to do things. My, but everybody must. In fact, I was saying to someone um, yesterday, I said mentorship has become something that we say. Mentorship, very social skills is a requirement to understand palace protocol. To understand the protocol and the etiquette of the place that you are going to. The dream of Pharaoh. The Bible says that he shaved and put on, he changed his clothing. So what is it about where God is calling you to that you are currently investing in? What is it about the protocol of the place that you are going to but you're currently learning 
about. Praise God. Praise God. So what is this sycamore tree that you have taken? What about and a position that they have taken? The fact that they have, they, have, they have bought some inventory in the hope that things will change in a particular way in the future. So what is it that you are doing differently from every single person on the earth today? Lastly, I'd just like to encourage us about the power of our seed. The power of our seed. So our seeds are prophecies. Every time you sow a seed, it's a seed. Hallelujah. So that we must also begin to learn as we talk about positioning for opportunities, we must begin to learn how to sow seeds. Because when you sow a seed, what happens? A seed packs in your heart a picture of harvest. So what seeds are you sowing? When are a your capacity to action? So our opportunities are sometimes limited only by our imagination. So seeds help us to create new dreams and new visions. There's a story I like so much. Um, it's, it's when David and his men come back home and the very torrid day in his leadership is to stone him. And the Bible says that he encourages himself in God. And then, you know, they say, look, that slave, he was part of the raiding party, but he had taken ill. And the Bible says he had been left for dead by his owners. And one thing that he never ceased to amaze me is that the Bible says give him some they fed as they fed him the Bible says that was the one who said to them the way the party went who are you seven who are you sowing seeds in for towards what is that opportunity to be what is it causing that's all you is calling you to and indeed he's calling you to where is your place where you are sowing seed where are you seven we talk about titan your title says that and the pastor used to teach us and still teaches us is that God does not rain down money from heaven God rains down inspiration who are you seven where are you sowing seed where are you sowing seed so in this season as we you know respond to God and his call upon us as a church and as individuals to become a greater solution to our generation we want to charge you this morning and finding favor before men and before God, before God and before men. As I prepared for the what claims that this more than just a teen, there must be something that lights up within our spirits and our hearts in this season. There must be something that pushes us to do something different from what we do. I don't know. Very complex to get together. Tree. You'd be in a place where you'd be accomplished here. The opportunities for you to serve. You might have been anointed like it, and but yet called to save bread at the back. No regard at all or not. Yet you need to build and position yourself for opportunities. I'd like us to bow our heads this morning. I'd like us to bring. I'd like you to thank him for opportunities that he's bringing your way. The Bible says time and chance happens to them all. It is God. There's no man. No man. in life. It is the lie. So I'd like you to first thank God. And I'd like you then to just begin to ask God, Lord, how do I need to grow? Where do I, what tree do I need? Do I need left? Do I, what do I need to go for? I'd like you to speak to God. And you are not too old. You are not too old. You may be in your 60s. You may be in your 50s. You may be in your 20s. You are not too young. What is it, Lord? I need to be doing at this point. What is it? What is it?